You are Locked On Jags, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. The Jags come up a little bit short in Nashville. This is Tony Wiggins with your Jacksonville Jaguars report here on Locked on Jaguars. No moral victories on this side, man. You know, it's all about uh, winning for Jacksonville. It's eerily similar to a start, even though it's a more exciting game and a lot more points scored. Eerily similar to a start uh, last year on the road in Houston. Gardner Minshew rallied the team. Uh, defense played better in the second half. It's a gaffe by the coaching staff, in my opinion. Uh, a gaffe, a uh, call on special teams that, you know, a squib kick that didn't go right, that gave three points back uh, to, the, uh, to the Tennessee Titans at the end of the first half that really – Stymied a little bit of momentum and ended up at the end of the day costing the Jaguars a victory on the road in Nashville. So the Jaguars lose yesterday to Tennessee, 33-30 on the road. No moral victories, no moral victories. They're 1-1, one one. Uh, Tennessee's 2-0 in the division. We'll see if they can improve upon that uh, as we move forward for the rest of the year. And as always, this podcast, Locked on Jaguars, you can find it every day here. And you can subscribe on Google podcast. I, um, that's one that got away yesterday. And I'm going to put it on the staff a little bit. Uh, I love the fact that they have the team being prepared. Uh, the, the, the last drive before the last drive before Nashville got the ball back when they, uh, they forced the Jacks to go three and out. I, that, that was the only time I didn't think the Jacks got very creative. That was the only time really, Nashville, after the Jags had gotten going, that was the only time the Jags really got stopped, you know, once the Jags started to get their momentum yesterday. Uh, because once the Jaguars stopped Nashville, like five minutes ago, I said it's over. They're going to score and they're going to win the game. And then Nashville was able to uh, – they were able to stop Jacksonville and get the ball back. And then they went on their little stuff at the end. I didn't have a problem with the pass interference call on Miles Jack because – I know some people are saying you don't call that late in the game. If you see it from the backside view, he hugged his he hugged his waist, and you can't you can't hug a guy's waist. When you hug a guy's waist, you you basically you you telegraph the penalty, and 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 you make it you make it really really easy for a back judge to make that call. And Miles was in great position to make the play, and all he has to do is just stick his left arm out or or, or use his left arm as sort of a a propeller. And 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 do what he did with I mean his right arm and do what he did with his left arm, but he didn't. He grabbed him around his waist and you made it very very easy. It's easy for me to say sitting on my couch watching it, but uh, the football team is a really good team. You know they they don't stop. They're not playing all of those rookies, so we can throw that out of the window. We talked about the thirteen or however many rookies that they would have active every every week, and we talk about the fact that they have sixteen and. I mean, the Rams had like thirteen or fourteen on their on their team a couple of years ago when they made a run. So, 
you know, it's possible to, to have a lot of them on your team. But how many do you have on the field at one time? And they're not they're, – they're playing with the guys that they've had the last couple of years on on their team. I really like that Gotsis guy at defensive end. You know, he ain't much of a pass rusher, but he seems to get a lot of penetration. And he, and he I keep looking up thinking it's Taven Bryan and it's not him. And he gets a lot of penetration on runs. They're doing a lot of – they're doing a lot of uh, – they're doing a lot of good stuff when it comes to penetrating and stopping the run on first down, especially when guys try to go outside. So their 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 big ends are, are doing real well on run defense. Once they get out there for a while defensively and they start getting worn down, they're they're really not doing well up the middle, and and then they're giving up too many plays to the tight end. And I warned you guys Friday. They're going to fake that thing to Derrick Henry. They're going to bootleg another way, and they're going to find that tight end, Jonu Smith, and I mentioned it. They're going to find him down the middle or in the middle of the field. And they did that a couple of times uh, in the game, and it really, really cost the Jaguars. So it's a learning. It's it's it, it, That game yesterday will be something they, they learn from. They got to do a quick turnaround and come Thursday. They got the Dolphins coming in here who's 0-2, and you got to really watch that team because – they're 0 and 2, and they don't want to go 0 and 3, of course. And you can have a real, real mental let a letdown, and you don't have all week to prepare for them like you did other places. So you can find this and all the other Jaguars information here on Locked On Jaguars every single day here on Google Podcasts. All right, we'll take another little quick look, and we'll review the game. We'll uh, continue to discuss it and. Uh, do a little quick of what we really, really think about this football team now that we've had a couple of games and we have a bigger sample size here on Lockdown Jaguars. We'll take a, a look at and see what we really, really have here. We have some things that we can really be positive for. I, I really wanted the team to to win yesterday for the fans, especially because of who they were playing. Um, like I say, no moral victories, but it's one that really, really got away. I know I've talked all off season about what type of team this is. So we'll get into that in just a second here on Locked On Jaguar. Hey, Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether they're our corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by our names and always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses. And look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with the contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. Okay, man, we were discussing, um, we, we were talking about in the offseason, we were saying what type of team do you think we're going to have? Um, and should it be measured by wins and losses? Of course, you always want to measure yourself by wins and losses. Always. You know, you. I mean, you should. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what really matters. Um but but you still when you when you're a team that's where the Jaguars have been and and where you where you are versus where you're trying to go, you obviously want to know what it looks like and what it feels like to try to get there. You know the mission. You know, I go back to Seattle and we always talk about Seattle back in the day. 
when Seattle started to make their run, they weren't even a they weren't even a five hundred team. They hosted a playoff game. They beat New Orleans. They weren't even a five hundred team. I think they're like seven, eight, and one or something like that. If you recall, that's the game that Beast Mode dragged. It seemed like every fifty three members of the Saints to the end zone on the on the way to the, the you know a touchdown in a in a game that they won against the Saints. Well, you want to see that type of effort. You want to see that that step being taken. To where there's like confident play. And the one thing I thought could happen was I thought with the addition of Jay Gruden and I thought that with DJ Chark being on the on, on the I mean just just the edge of being a household name and a superstar. And because I seen the way he I even got an argument with a good friend of mine because I kept talking about how that kid worked and how he worked and how he improved and how he keeps his head down and how humble he is and just how all you see is improvement in him, and he doesn't talk. He doesn't talk about it. He, he, you know, he bees about it, as they used to say. You know, he doesn't talk about it. He just goes out and does it. And then how they kept addressing the wide receiver position, and they finally, you know, wanted to be competent at the tight end position, and they they got a running back that fits them now. And they, and then they by getting Chris Thompson, they finally got a backup running back. And I used to always talk about that, like man, why do they keep treating these positions like, okay, if the starter goes down, that's it. And I still got some reservations about that, even though I I trust the team a little bit more now because uh, I thought Gardner Minshew was like too big of a risk to have as a backup, but look how he turned out. So Jake Luton, I'm not going to sit here and say that that's too big of a risk, but I always thought that they run at running back and at tight end that they, they took too many chances that these guys, that these backup guys could just be guys that could be clipboard holders but I digress on that a little bit and give them give them credit because of the the player development and the personnel decisions that they've made they they've kind of done the right things and they have their finger on the pulse of the team better than we do so but one thing I did say was based on their confidence that they had in the offensive line that I didn't have based on that and based on I thought the receivers could be pretty good and I thought Keenan McCardell would would extract the best out of those guys and with the addition of Jay Gruden and, of course, with the way Gardner Minshew's yoked up and the way he plays, I said, okay, at least offensively, they'll probably have a chance to be really, really exciting and really, really good. Now, and they could play keep up. And whether, you, you know, you could take that and, and realize that they could win long term with that or not, that's, you know, that's trying to determine whether excitement equals future success is a very difficult thing to do because they were exciting and like I think it was 2015 or 16 they were super exciting. Bortles threw for a bunch of yards. Allen Robinson had a bunch of yards. But it didn't necessarily mean future success because when they did have a little bit of success in 2017, they didn't look anything like that. Bortles didn't throw for a whole bunch of yards and and A-Rob wasn't even around. So it's hard to think that just because they do something good at one point that those exact things are going to be there when they actually are successful, but I thought that with the confidence that they had in the offensive line of those guys got healthy and they had that cohesion with the development at wide receiver and if they got running backs and they had a depth, you know, a lot of depth at running back, that what they would do is they'd play keep up and they'd be able to hang in there with a lot of people. And, you know, if they continue to add on defense and, and um that eventually the the defense would grow with the offense. I thought they'd play exciting football. I 
I said in the past, the worst case scenario you're going to get is you're going to get the 49ers from like two years ago or the Rams from like three years ago where they're scoring a bunch of points, it looked good, it's exciting, or the Arizona Cardinals from last year where they're not necessarily winning the majority of their games, but all of the games, they're right there, that they're going to be a hard out for every single team that they play. And that, you know, this isn't this isn't going to be a situation where they're just going to be able to, you know, you're going to be able to show up and beat Jacksonville. No, you're going to show up, you're going to leave here with some lumps on your head, and you might get beat if you make mistakes. So that's what I saw yesterday from them. I, I think every single game, as long as they don't start to hang their head, they're going to be in it. But I blame the coaching staff for that yesterday. Now, there's some people say, why do you squib kick? Because they had kicked off a couple of times yesterday. They didn't kick it out of the end zone. Tennessee kept returning the ball. So when Tennessee keeps returning the ball, you, you want to sit there and think to yourself like, well, maybe they maybe they can't kick it out of the end zone. How come Tennessee keeps getting these returns and they keep coming out to the 30-yard line or something? But there is a way that you can kick a line drive and, and get it to go through the end zone without actually – kicking the kind of kick that they kicked yesterday and then Tennessee gets the ball at the 50-yard line with a timeout and then they end up kicking a long field goal. You basically, you basically, if you're Jacksonville, gave away the three points that you worked so hard to get and you had scored 10 in a row. You gave away those three points and you were getting the ball back after halftime and then the Jaguars actually, when they got the ball back after halftime, they had scored. So that could have been a 10-point swing, but it wasn't. It turned out to be just a seven-point swing. And it turns out to be the difference of the football game. Now, to those of you that don't know, I'm assuming that most of you saw what I'm talking about. To those that don't know exactly what I'm talking about, if you didn't watch the game, at the end of the first half, the Jaguars went on a long drive and they went down and they kicked a field goal. They cut the lead to, I believe the lead was 21 to 10 at that point. So, it was what, 17 seconds or 11 seconds left or something like that. You just kick it deep and you get ready to go in and you get the ball back in the second half because the Titans had won the toss. Well, they attempted to squib kick it, but it hit one of the up guys for Tennessee. So dude just grabs the ball, takes it, downs it. The Titans come out at midfield, turn around, boom, complete a pass to like 13, 14 yards. Run a kicker out there, bang, dudes makes makes a 50-something yard field goal and they run off and they get the three points right back. And we saw last year where in Houston, it was a 10-9 game, well, it was a 10-3 game and Gardner Minshew led Jacksonville on a game, potential game-time touchdown drive. It was 10-9 and they had all the momentum Doug Marone goes for two. They miss it. That's the infamous game where Jalen Ramsey blew up on the sideline, and the next game Jalen asked for a trade. And they went for two and missed it. And everyone says, "All you had why don't you just kick it, tie it up, go to overtime. You got all the momentum. Houston had not driven the ball the entire second half. They were gassed. You win that game, you're one and one. You came back the very next Thursday and you blew out the Titans at home. You could have been two and one and had all that momentum. So now you could have been two and zero oh yesterday. I really believe you could have been two and zero oh yesterday without the gaff or without that that situation. I think it was a bad call. 
And I don't think this football team can overcome stuff like that. Also, I, you know, I, I'm going to discuss Gardner. I, I think he was fabulous yesterday, had a real good game, uh, statistically does a lot of things well. I think too many people judge him by one mistake, but he did make a mistake. We can't not point the mistake out just because he had great stats. He made the mistake and also there's somebody missing, man, and, and we need to have that conversation and we're going to have it. And we're going to do it in just a second uh, in, a, in our third segment here on what I thought was going to be, I promise you, man, I thought it was going to be a victory Monday, but turns out it wasn't a victory Monday, but uh, close but no dice, but we don't do more victories on here, so we're not going to treat it like a victory Monday, but we're going to be honest. The football team is playing at a higher level than I thought, and that bodes well for the rest of the season. We'll do the third segment here on Locked on Jaguars in just a second. After I tell you about Built Bar, my boys over at Built Bar have 18 great flavors. I'm starting to work out, so I'm going to need that in my life, man. I, 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 I'm probably going to get the mint brownie, you know, and I'm going to probably keep it solid right there with the mint brownie. But they got 18 flavors, some with nuts, some without. But they're packed with protein, and they don't have a bunch of calories in them either. You need to go to BuiltBar.com and order your Built Bars right now and use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL to get $10 off of your first bar or your first box of those built bars. Don't get one bar. You're going to get a box of those built bars. And I'm telling you, man, your first order is going to be so delicious. I'm going to tell you, you're going to tell all your friends about it. You're going to reorder. And I want you to post it on social media too and let me know that you got your orders. Built bar is tremendous. It doesn't even taste like something that is helpful to you, man. It tastes like it's bad for you, but it is so good for your body and it's so good for your tongue. It's so good for your mind. Builtbar.com. Use the promo code. Locked on NFL, get $10 off of your first order. I love me some built Bars, and you will too. All right, man, so talk about Minshew. Uh, he can't. He did something yesterday you can't do. And, when you know, you love a guy's enthusiasm. You love a guy to stay loose. Just like in basketball, if you're about to take a shot and you think about it, don't shoot it if you didn't take it. Unless you totally reset. You got to dribble, move your feet, and reset. If you don't, if you think about taking that shot, if you cock it up and you don't take it, don't don't take it if you didn't take it the first time. Unless you totally reset. Pass it, get the ball back, or reset your feet if you don't have a dribble. So in the NFL, what you can't do, you can do the whole pump fake thing because they do that to manipulate coverages. But that pump fake, you're still, you're actually resetting your feet. But what you can't do is stand flat-footed, Think about throwing something. Don't throw it. Keep your eyes on the same guy and then throw it. No. Because you're telling you're telegraphing it, one. Two, if you're standing flat-footed, you never reset, and anybody will tell you this. The, the trajectory and where you're throwing the ball from is going to be too low, and he's going to let a lineman, you know, be able to stick his hand up there. He's going to be able to tell. He's going to read. He's going to knock it down. And most people think, they well, if he doesn't get that knocked down, the guy's coming wide open. Take another look. Kevin Byer, the safety, is reading that. It might get picked for a pick six if it doesn't get batted down. Because he pumped it, and then he, he, he held it back, and he's like, okay, now I got it, and he was going to let it go. He was going to either get the receiver decapitated or the ball was going to get intercepted. You can't do that, especially at that juncture of the game. You just can't. That's when you can't. That that loosey-goosey stuff, you just can't do it. But it was a big play and a big moment of a, of a well-played game by him. 
people want to kill him for one mistake. Uh, I heard, I saw somebody, my man, my man Jr., who I love to death. Jr. said, "That's it. He had his opportunity." Trevor Lawrence. No, 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 no. You can't do that to him. Dude's in the top five in just about every statistical category, and and I ain't. I'm not the dude that's always gonna sit here and scream stats either. But he's played well. I've watched him play well, and 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 I don't think with every single thing that he doesn't do great. And I ain't, I'm not saying everything he does poorly. I'm saying every time he doesn't do something great that we have to sit here and worry about Trevor Lawrence. And plus, it's not an automatic anyway, and I want people to understand something. This team is too good to be picking in the top two or top three. You're going to have to be in the top. You're going to have to be number one to get Trevor Lawrence. I can name five teams right now that's sitting there that ain't trading out of number one. If you think the Jets will get rid of the first overall pick, you're wrong. Sam Donald ain't it, all right? If you think Detroit or Minnesota, I don't care what they paid Kirk Cousins. If you think Detroit or Minnesota is not taking that quarterback number one, you, you're smoking something based on what I've seen already. Yeah, they're terrible, Okay. Those teams are back. If you think Carolina, I don't care what they're paying Bridgewater. If you think Carolina won't take him number one, you're crazy. And all of those teams will probably end up with worse records than Jacksonville. Yep, I said it. Yeah, so we can get that out off our mind. So it, it, this isn't this isn't like there's some there's some promise that Trevor Lawrence is going to be here. It, it's not. We need to quit talking about it anyway because the Minshew's play. Mitchell's played well enough that we shouldn't even be thinking about a quarterback. Shouldn't even be thinking about a quarterback. What's sad is this. Now, this is the problem. The problem is, is and I know we shouldn't even be talking draft, but obviously when you're looking at the team, you're trying to figure out how you're going to improve and you're wondering what's missing. The problem is, is you're sitting there looking at the team and what the team could use, and you're thinking they used two first-round picks in a row on defensive ends, and you need a pass rush. That's the problem. And this conversation we need to have is about number 41. Where is Josh Allen? All of this talk that he was just as good as Nick Bosa, I ain't. I don't see it. I don't see the explosive. I don't see – I mean, he's not getting doubled either. I don't want anybody to say that he's getting doubled because those other guys are gone. Josh Allen is not being double teamed. Nope. Nope. The difference is, is those guys aren't there and he's not running free anymore, which is I, I tried to tell you people to watch that last year. But to his credit, Josh Allen even said it last year. Josh Allen said that he gave credit to Yannick Ngakwe and Calais Campbell. He gave credit to those guys that a lot of times when he got sacks, it's because those guys were running stunts and they took two and three guys and he had a free reign to the quarterback. He said it. Because he, he was being an ultimate team guy, just like he is now when he talks. But we get all emotional about when guys want to leave and guys get paid or whatever, whatever. And we ain't getting into all of that. But my thing is, is it hits a little bit different when you're by yourself. And and when we start pointing fingers and comparing people to other people, it's it's a little bit different. And, and Taven Bryan is still a ghost, I, you know. Folks can talk about how he's jamming up the middle and all of that stuff. That's not what he – look, the dude is a three technique. He is supposed to be doing way more than what he's doing. He is. All right, so when we talk about what 
I'm I'm tired of people talking about Trevor Lawrence. Leave Gardner Minshew alone. Let's let's make let's have the real conversation. Let's give Caleb on. He gave he got let's give him credit. He got his first sack yesterday. And let's give him a chance to grow into his job a little bit more before we before we panic. But when people sitting here talking about draft capital, somebody been tweeting all all the blue check mark guys have been saying, Wow, the Jaguars got all of this draft capital and they don't need a quarterback. That must be great. Yeah. Okay, but then when you do that, folks follow up and say, Well, what do they need? The first thing they need is a pass rush. And when you consider they use two first-round picks on defensive ends, somebody said the other day that somebody had a, a mock-out where Micah Parsons, who is a – he's listed as a linebacker, but Micah Parsons is a is a, a nine-wide defensive end in, in the NFL. And they ain't going to draft him. <laughs> you sure? Are you certain? I mean, they were just willing to extend Yannick Ngakwe and have three pass rushers. How do you know they're not going to draft a, a, another pass rusher with all of that capital? What else are they going to get? Look at that team. Look look at the young guys that they're committed to. If they get a receiver, he's a number three receiver. They ain't getting a running back. They're not getting a quarterback. They might get a lineman, offense, maybe one, maybe, maybe, and I doubt that. They'll probably get a defensive tackle. They probably won't get a linebacker. They'll probably get another safety and maybe another corner, but they got 12 picks, y'all. And they got a bunch of cap space too. Yeah, think about it. Think about it. Good teams have a bunch of pass rushers. I'm going to be here every day, man, all week. And uh, also on the NFL show uh, Wednesday, me and James Rapine from Locked on Bengals will bring you the NFL show. You can subscribe on uh, Google Podcasts. Also follow on Spotify. Subscribe on Apple and iTunes. And, and... Just bring your friends, man, and let them know here on Locked on Jaguars. We do a daily podcast, and we bring you all of the daily news each and every day. We got an early game this week, so we'll do our crossover episode with Miami. We'll also have that on Thursday for you to check out prior to the game. All right, take care. Enjoy. The Jags are 1-1. One one. It's not all gloom and doom, but like I said, we don't do more victory. So enjoy, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Keep taking care of each other, Duval. Y'all got a good football team, man. So-